Welcome in the Sports Decaf in the Morning. It's your co-host, Stodic Abdullah. Stodic Fatul. And today we're going to start off with some All-Star Game recap. All-Star Weekend, you know, just happened. All-Star Game yesterday. And who else, you know, became the MVP? Kevin Durant dropped 31. Came came late in the clutch. Gave Team LeBron that win. So how did you feel about this All-Star Weekend? So All-Star, week, uh, this All-Star <coughs> Weekend was real fun. I mean, if you look at that skills competition, Jason Tatum won it with a half-court shot. Um, the whole weekend was fun. I liked the three-point contest. I had Joe Harris actually winning that game. You could testify. Yeah, yeah, you did. I had him winning that three-point contest. I mean, Dirk, Dirk showed out. I love how he played in the All-Star game. They should have played him more minutes. But other than that, I mean, the, the, the dunk contest, there was I think there was probably, in my opinion, two solid dunks. Other than that, it was a, it was a pretty weak dunk contest, not going to lie. But next year's dunk contest should be, should be crazy because we know we got some rookies coming in and whatnot. Other than that... I mean, we all knew team tampering was going to win that game. I oh, mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, other than well, I, 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 I always go for the underdog, you know. You know, I mean, you know, if you got LeBron and, and uh, you know, the free, agents, free agency class of 2019 on the, on the same team, I mean, that's, that team's not losing. Team tampering was going to win that game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They came back late in, you know, third quarters when they started to pick up the pace. It was, it was a good game, you know, after, you know, they started to play some defense and, you know, get into their scoring rhythms and things like that. I had Team Giannis winning simply because I thought they'd come out, you know, they'd play, you know, more harder. They have a lot of tryhards on that team. You know, Russell Westbrook, you know, took 20 shots that game. Giannis was balling out early. But, I mean, Team LeBron, you know, they showed up, you know, late third quarter. They didn't wait until, you know, the last few minutes to, you know, get it cranking. And they came and they sealed the game. So, you know, much credit, Team LeBron. They came out and bought. I, I, I got a question. How much <coughs> recruiting do you think goes on during the All-Star weekend? I'm not too sure. I think it just depends on who the person is. Like, LeBron James, I know he's recruiting guys from Team Giannis and Team LeBron. So, I think other than LeBron James, I don't think there's much recruiting. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal went on and said that he was recruiting players to come to D.C. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, who who knows? There's a, there's a lot more that probably happens, you know, that doesn't hit the media because of tampering issues and fines like that. But I don't know if tampering applies to All Star Weekend. I don't even know. I mean, I I don't know. So who knows the NBA rules? But I mean, let's just. I was feeling good this morning. You know why? Because Kevin Durant <clears throat> won MVP. He's now a two time NBA Finals MVP, and now he's a two time All Star Game MVP. It doesn't mean much, but it means a lot to me because as my favorite player, who who I arguably believe now is the best player in the world. I mean, you, we can argue this another day, but, you know, that's just a personal opinion that I bring to the table. So, Okay, yeah, no. We're just going to switch topics. He's not the best player in the world. But right now, if you could assemble your best starting five in today's NBA, what would it be? So you so let wait let me it's a hypothetical situation. So if you're gonna have a team heading into the regular season, you want this team to go through the whole regular season, win a ring, and you only got one you got one year with them. You can assemble your best starting five for this year. Who would it be? So just one season, not like a long term. Just type just of thing. just one season. You got your starting five. You Current want, players. Yeah. Just this just today's NBA. Okay. I would say at the center position, I'd have to go with Joel Embiid. And then at power forward, I'd probably play Giannis at the four. Kevin Durant at the three. At the two, I'd play Paul George. And at the one, I'd get Stephen Curry. I feel like that, that'd be my starting five. I feel like defensively, no defensive unit would be able to stop this team. 
It's just a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you can argue Curry doesn't have, you know, defense. But, I mean, when he comes into the paint, he's going to have to go through Giannis and Joel Embiid, who are arguably, you know, top defenders in the league. So I think Curry's liability on defense won't be an issue with this roster simply because, I mean, the paint presence is crazy. And then you also got Durant, you know, adds his length to it. He can, you know, cover the perimeter. He can cover the inside, you know, two-way player. And then Paul George, who's arguably the, you know, maybe the best defensive player of the season by far. So, I mean, I think this this lineup right now in, like, current NBA today is probably the most deadly starting five you can get. We almost have similar lineups. I got Curry at the one. Um, I got Kawhi at the two. I got Giannis at the, I got Giannis slash KD at the three and four, and then my five is Anthony Davis. I think this team with that five, I think not only are they able to defend. You got you know a two-time Defensive Player of the Year in uh, Kawhi, a great defender Giannis and KD, so you have some length. But this whole team, you know, minus Curry, they can all switch. Anthony Davis can virtually guard one through five in those late mm-hmm. shot clock situations. KD can guard virtually one through five. Same thing with Giannis. Same thing with Kawhi. And it's funny how me and you, we didn't put LeBron on the team. The reason why I didn't put LeBron on this team, first of all, is because LeBron is a ball-dominant type of dude. Exactly, yeah. He, For how much I love LeBron, he, he, you know, these players on this team, their, their games would decline. It, 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 that's just really it. Definitely. I mean, you look at, you know, someone like Ka- Kawhi who needs the ball, Giannis, especially who is a, a 6'11 point forward. I mean, these guys need the ball. LeBron is a dude who's going to, you know, dominate the ball. So some, having someone like Curry who gives it up, Kawhi, who, who gives it up, who's a, who, and he is a scorer. KD can give it up. He's a scorer. Giannis, he can virtually play the point sometimes. Anthony Davis, whatnot. I think this team would fit perfectly together. It's just crazy we don't got LeBron. I thought you would have LeBron or something, but I don't know. See, I have LeBron when it comes to, you know, like winning with less pieces, but I, I really have never seen LeBron, you know, linked up with, you know, superstars. I mean, we, I've seen it with Durant and Curry. You know, they're they're doing just fine. You know, they're they're unselfish with the basketball. And they they get up enough shots every game. They're, you know, both averaging, you know, 27-plus a game. So, I mean, those two were, you know, already a for sure for me. And then I got Giannis, who's, you know, one of the most deadliest guys in the league. And he might be one of the best players in the league in the, few, you know, next coming years. You know, he's already a top-five player in the league. He could be the best player, you know, maybe even surpassing Anthony Davis, which – which I think Giannis, I think, I think is, he already has. Giannis yeah, yeah. has. Giannis is better. than I think Anthony in Davis. everyone's book soon he'll he'll surpass. I think Anthony like Davis. me right now, Giannis is better than Anthony Davis just because he's winning. He can mm-hmm. lead a team. Anthony Davis has hasn't really shown that he could lead a team. Yeah, I, mean, and I think you put Anthony Davis on that Milwaukee team. I don't think he's doing as much damage as Giannis is doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, course, it's not like Giannis has you know. Uh, but like the way the this the way this <clears throat> Milwaukee team is set up is like it's just it's fundamentally perf- it's perfect, perfect. It's perfect for Giannis because you have. It's a first of all shout out to Mike Budenholzer who's basically oh, yeah. created this whole system to where it's perfect for Giannis. You got a, a five out system where Giannis basically just and we know he can't shoot, so he he usually just attacks the gla- uh, excuse me attacks the basket and just kicks it out to either Brook Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, Brogdon, who's a who's a 50, 40, 90 type of player, or yeah. Chris Middleton. So you have I mean those four, and then you still have Miritich on the bench, a bunch of shooters that are actually really good shooters, high volume shooters. Eric Bledsoe. I mean, this team, and they're a good defensive team. Best defensive ratings in the league. I mean, this, you know, shout out to Mike Budenholzer. He has, he's created a great team, a great system around Giannis. I mean, you know, if you put, you know, if you have a, a whole system around Anthony Davis, 
it kind of wouldn't work around. It wouldn't work that well because Anthony Davis is the type of person who needs the ball. You need a good point guard to, you know, feed him the ball in the low post, do his thing and whatnot. He can't really, you know, run a whole offense. But Giannis, on the other hand, he can ISO his dude. You know, there's basically no one in the league that could stop Giannis one-on-one. Anthony Davis, on the other hand, he's a low post type of dude. He's not really going to ISO you, get to the basket. He's going to get you in the low post, do his thing. And sometimes you can hinder that. You got a Joel Embiid. You got a Rudy Gobert. Those guys can kind of create uh, Mm -hmm. distractions and kind of, you know, stop him on some occasions. I'm not saying they'd stop him all the time, but, I mean, compared to Giannis and AD, no one in the league can stop Giannis. On terms of AD, sometimes he could get stopped way more than Giannis could get stopped. Yeah, I think AD, I mean, he – he showed improvement. I mean, at what, 23, we're like, man, this guy's going to be, you know, something crazy. But, I mean, ever since that, I mean, it's just been the same AD. I mean, I haven't seen but I think I think he is crazy. I just think – No, no, he's definitely a freakish him, athlete. We haven't seen him in but that I had, spotlight. I haven't really seen him, like, you know, exceed, you know, where they – the bar that they set him at. I mean, they set him at a very high bar. You know, they're saying he can be the best player in the league. But I, th- I don't think he's near that, you know, even close. I mean, you can even argue that Kawhi Leonard is better than Anthony Davis. I mean, he won an NBA Finals. He was Finals MVP, you know, d- Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, look at his impact on Toronto. I mean, things I mean, like- you could, you could, I, I, and I, I understand where you're yeah. getting at. I see where you're getting at. You can argue, you can argue that right now, but let's not. N- know, not that I personally think let's, Kawhi let's is better. Let's remember. Let's remember. Anthony Davis is only twenty five, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's only twenty five. So I mean, Kawhi. Kawhi is only twenty seven. He's like twenty eight, twenty seven. I mean, he's already had experience in the league. He's been mm-hmm. in the league for at least six, seven plus years. I mean, and you got to also remember, Kawhi has been in a great system. He was, you know, he was branded in an amazing yeah. system in San Antonio. Anthony Davis. I mean, how many coaches has he had? How many different role players around him has he had? I think it's, un, you know, I personally think if Anthony Davis is in his peak of his prime, he's in a great situation, I think he'll end up being a top three player in the league. I think for, for years to come, I think top three players will end up being Giannis, Anthony Davis, and I'm, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it's going to be Luka Doncic. It's going to be those three. I think it's going to be those three for I, years I think Luka come. Doncic grabs maybe two of those, two, three of those, honestly. Two, three of those what? In MVP terms of awards? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You don't, the impact that he has on that Mavs roster, I mean, you look at that Mavs team, they they were supposed to get the third pick last year. So they they fell down to fifth, but they still kind of got the third pick by trading away, you know, Trey Young and whatnot. So this team went from being the third worst team in the league to now contending for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And they, okay, they added DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, but those guys are gone right now. Yeah. They virtually just added Luka Doncic, and this team has I mean, we got a generational player and maybe even a guy that we might not see in the, you know, the next generation coming up. Because, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, they rely on athleticism. But Luka, it's just he outsmarts his opponents. But, you know, anyways, don't want to get too off topic here. Let, let's switch on the topic to the NBA second half. So what do you expect from the second half of the NBA season in terms of, you know, the, how teams end up, playoff spots, and things like that? Oh, man. Philly's going Philly's gonna to have the best ending of the season. They are. I mean, this is – I wouldn't consider this a second half because mm-hmm. there's still around 25 games left in the season. So, Philly, I think to to end the season, I think Philly's going to have the best. They're top 10 in easiest schedules, rema- easiest remaining schedules. They also have a new starting lineup. You know, they got Tobias Harris, who's a proven scorer, can average around 21 a game. Jimmy Butler, I want to I, I shout out Jimmy Butler. I respect him for what he's doing. He's taking a step back, letting other players play, you know, fitting into his – 
desired role, his specific role, and you you know he no complaints, nothing. So you know for all the all the bashing that the media does on Jimmy Butler for what for what he you know he's a locker room distraction and whatnot, we gotta also commend him for what he's doing, taking a step back, taking less shots a game, guarding the best you know uh, offensive player in that you know against the opposing team. Mm-hmm. You know he's he, he's stepping up. He is stepping up. And also you look at this Philly team, more depth as well. And that was that's what they were lacking. Exactly. And you got to give it to Jimmy Butler. I mean, he complained early in the season, not because of touches, but because of losses. He was mad how the team was performing. Even though his role diminished, he hasn't really complained simply because the team's winning games. And that's all that matters to him. But I wanted to, you know, focus on the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, my favorite out of the East. I feel like, you know, they lacked a little bit of, you know, having, you know, that extra shooter. And they filled it in with Nikola Mirotic. I mean, this team is just... You know, the sky's really the limit now for this team. I mean, you add Miritich to, you know, a deadly, deadly lineup. You know, I mean, everyone on that roster is playing efficient. You got Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, and, you know, the the list goes on. I mean, all these guys, you know, they simply, what they do is they they play their role. You know, Middleton, if he needs to step up his scoring, you know the ball's going to be in his hands, you know, more during the game. I mean, Giannis is such an unselfish player. That, you know, late in the game, he's, you know, if he feels like he's having a bad game, another guy's having a good game, he's going to feed him, even though he's the best player on that team. So, I mean, just, you know, the locker room, you know, the locker room culture, you know, in Milwaukee is just, you know, amazing. There's never been any distractions this season, you know, no disappointments or anything like that. So I think, you know, getting rid of Jabiri Parker was, you know, a good thing for that team because there was some jealousy going on between him and Giannis. And I think now that, you know, you know, they're not really in the camera, in the spotlight this season. So, you know, come playoff time, they're really going to shock some people, I feel like, on the East. I, w- I want to call you out. And because you – okay, so you say – you say, okay, the Denver Nuggets, they're a great team, but I'm just not sold on them. They have no experience. Milwaukee literally has no experience as well. So for you to – you know, and you have them as your pick to make it out the yeah. East with no experience, why don't, why don't you say the same thing with Denver? Well, because simply – Look at this. All right. Giannis is, you know, a, you know, a guy that we're, we're not going to see. He's, he's a freak of nature. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's already been into the playoffs, you know, two, three times. You know, he, they've had, you know, two coaching changes already. They bring in Mike Budenholzer, who played under Popovich for, you know, a good 15 seasons. I mean, I think that right there, the Budenholzer acquisition, is the reason why this team is playoff ready. I mean, they've had no locker room distractions almost all season. They they were a sleeper from the beginning of the season, and now they're look you're looking at a finals contender. You know they have all their guys in the lineup. They have you know a lot more experience than the Denver Nuggets, who have you know no one who's been to the playoffs. It. I mean, besides it, I mean who who's still you know not a hundred percent, and they their best players arguably still on the bench. Denver is more of a you know three to four years you know contender, but I just three to four years three to four years I, I, uh, a finals contender. I I I see where you're saying. I think they still need they a few still, more years, yeah. a, few, a few more years of experience. Excuse me, because they they, they also, can't just jump into the playoffs. But also, but, but you like that's the thing. You could also say the same thing for Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee. But, they okay. Look, look, hear me out. They they went to the playoffs last year. Yeah. Went to a game seven with Boston. You know, and they did pretty good. Don't get me, don't you know? Don't get me wrong. But thing is, they don't have playoff experience as much as well. You can say the same thing with them. I mean, Denver. Well, they've always been a, uh, a constant team in that bubble that, you know, ninth, 10th seed, 8th seed as well. They haven't really shown much. But, you know, one can argue that this Denver team has more talent than Milwaukee does. And that, 
you know, even though you 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 don't choose Denver to make it to the conference finals or whatnot based on their experience, well, Milwaukee doesn't have virtually has the same amount of experience as Denver. Well, see, I'm just the whole thing behind this team is is the man with the plan. Mike Malone's coaching. Mike, Mike Malone's coaching amazing this year as well. He might I mean, he I mean, might end just, up getting coach of the year. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it, but you just got to look at you know the statistical you know analysis from last season compared to this season. I mean. Mike Budenholzer bring this team from, you know, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And now they're sitting at the number one spot in terms of overall defense. You know, rebounds, they were, you know, I think 30th. If not, they were somewhere near that. And now they're sitting top five in rebounds. I mean, this this team's overall mentality slash performance is, you know, nothing like last season. Last season, they were an all right, you know, solid basketball team. I mean, this season they're they're a finals contender. We also got to show some love to Toronto as well. I mean, for for how for how good they are. So okay, look, look, look. See Toronto. No, no, no look. They, they hear just, me out. I don't know. You can't. I mean, you can't say that. Hear me out. So you got a team last year that made it to the conference finals with Demar Derozan as their best player. So they basically just took out Demar Derozan, mm-hmm. added in Kawhi Leonard, and then they added Marcus Gasol. Adam Margasol. Yeah. And so you're telling me this team isn't isn't destined to make, you know, possible like for for me yeah, I have to make some noise. But I, I like for me I have them either okay, I, I really don't have Milwaukee going to the to the NBA finals. I think I think they do have a chance. Don't get me wrong. But I this this East, especially the front half of this East, I mean you look at Toronto, Philly, Boston. Like Boston, we don't talk about them as much, but this team is still making noise. They have one of the best records ever since November or December or whatnot. They've been on a really good run, but you know, the, we're just hearing constant negatives from this team. But they're still they're still playing relatively pretty good. So this team, I mean, there's too many teams. I think Toronto's going a little under the radar. I have this team going to the NBA Finals. I, I'm gonna stick with my pick. I was about to lean to uh, lean towards Philly, but I think I think Toronto can still do it. Their their depth is amazing. Kawhi Leonard is, you know, he's still a top five player in my opinion. Kyle Lowry, I feel like if they would have got that trade from for Mike Conley and, uh, yeah, for Mike Conley and Marc Gasol, and they were trying to essentially ship out Kyle Lowry and Jonas Valanciunas, if they could have, you know, possibly done that trade, that that trade would have put them over the top, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that would have been a good trade, but you know, they got Marc Gasol out of it. Can't complain. Let go of Jonas Valanciunas, who's who really hasn't been performing these last couple seasons. But overall, I agree, you know, the acquisition of Marcus Gasol makes them a better team. But I just still don't know if that's enough, especially with Philly adding Tobias Harris, who's, you know, a two-way player who should have been an all-star in my opinion. So, I mean, it just it, – it's, it's a man, tough – East. it's is, a tough East now. This playoff, because we got to think, I mean – I mean, the East, I have Milwaukee team, winning, but it can, team, it can go from one to five. A team like Boston or a team like Philly, Toronto – or Milwaukee, one of those four teams getting out in the second round. Yeah, like that's that's the crazy that's the crazy thing about it. I mean, I don't know what's gonna go on. This this uh, this is probably the best playoffs we're gonna see in the East. I mean, this first round is probably gonna be a breeze between you know mm-hmm. first round. It's gonna be, you're gonna see a lot of sweeps. Second round though, you're gonna see a lot of game sevens, a lot of tough games, a lot of techs probably. I mean, you're gonna see some tough nose basketball. Same thing in the West. Think the, the thing about the West is though, I mean. From start to finish, it's going to be great basketball. You're going to yeah. see first round game sevens. You're going to see great, great matchups in the first round. Because right now, if the playoffs started, if I'm not mistaken, it's it's Houston versus OKC, first yeah. round. I mean, who doesn't that, who doesn't want to see that? That's Houston, a series where I don't miss a single game. That's I don't miss a single yeah. minute. I mean, excuse me, I'm not I'm not my eyes are going to be on that TV because oh, yeah. that's going to be a great series. 
You're also going to have a team like Denver in the seventh seed. Uh, right now, I forgot who the seventh seed is. If I, you know, but this, this man, this playoffs are going to be so crazy. Seventh seed is the Clippers. It might be the Clippers. I honestly, no, I, it's not the Clippers. Because if you look at the eighth seed, it's Sacramento, and then ninth seed is it's the Clippers. Ten seed is the Lakers. So seventh seed is someone above there. I mean, I definitely got to look it, look it up. But man, this playoffs, this playoffs going to be crazy, and you know, it's going to be the best time for basketball. Oh yeah, this is going to be a crazy playoff. We already know who's coming out the West though. The Golden State Warriors, you know, if they can stay healthy, have all their guys ready for playoff time. But the East, I mean, I got Milwaukee coming out, but, man, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Philly. Sorry, Boston, seventh to San Antonio. I'm sorry. San Antonio? San Antonio, my bad. My so, bad. You San know, Antonio versus Denver. Apologies to San Antonio. You know, we always leave you out the picture. You know, who knows? The Spurs might shock the world. Literally. I mean, you just don't know with Greg Popovich. So, anyways, it's enough basketball talk for today. Let's switch up to, you know, an issue out in Pittsburgh. So what's what's the long-term plans for Pittsburgh with all the drama going on? Um, How do they move forward? Definitely, I think, first of all, you got to try to make rights with A.B. I think he's mm-hmm. too valuable val- – excuse me, valuable of a player to, you know, to pass up on him and Le'Veon Bell. I know Le'Veon Bell is probably going to leave right now. But, you know, A.B., you still have time to make amends. You still have time to make everything right. He might not want to stay and whatnot, but just give it a chance. You know, I know they're trying to schedule meetings with him right now, try to do what's right. But if that's not the – if you can't get everything right, man, then you got to ship him out. You have to. Try to get yourself uh, either some picks or some, some talent back to, back to Pittsburgh. You know, I'm looking at Big Ben, and there's been a lot of reports saying that he has an owner-like uh, mindset and that he doesn't really respect players and that he thinks he's higher than players. So I'm looking at Big Ben, and he's probably – he might be the problem. He might be the problem in Pittsburgh. And so, I mean, that's – you know this this whole situation goes 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 a long way. I don't know how good this Pittsburgh team is going to be next year, especially if you have someone like Le'Veon Bell that's going to be gone. Anthony, uh, excuse me, I said Anthony. I mean Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. going to end up getting traded. I, I don't know. I mean this 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 is a weird situation. We haven't really seen anything like this where your top two offensive guys are really not going to be here next year. Yeah. I don't know, man. They might have to rebuild next year. I mean, I I disagree. I don't think it's Ben. I think it's an ownership problem. Because simply, you know, they franchise Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he wasn't mad at Ben Roethlisberger. He's mad at the owner. And then you look at A.B., who's, you know, disappointed in how the season turned out. You know, he was the second, I believe, leading receiver on that team. See, I think it's more of an A.B.'s frustration within the organization. And he's kind of taking it out on Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he never complained, you know, the three, four, you know, five years he was there when he was, you know, leading the league, you know, top five in the league in receptions and receiving yards why did he complain about that i mean he complains this season he had a little bit of a slump he still had but a there good are season. there are a multitude of players within that steelers locker room saying you know anthony i mean uh big why do i keep saying anthony i don't know what's wrong with me i don't, <laughs> I don't know why i keep saying anthony but but you're with, tampering i'm tampering i'm trying to get anthony davis on the show <laughs> but uh with uh ben roethlisberger and they say that he has that type of you know if just hearing it from uh, antonio brown then it's like okay you know whatever but hearing it from multiple players your own teammates your own players in that locker room there has to be something going on i mean you know and you might be right antonio brown might be part of the problem but what if big ben is the other part of the problem you you know you you, you don't know I mean, it just—it might just be a maturity issue. I mean, we've seen that those guys in the locker room. There's a lot of guys that are not that are not very mature. I mean, we saw when we saw when you know Le'Veon Bell went on his little rant on Pittsburgh, and you know they cleared out his locker room. They started making videos, you know, wearing his cleats and things like that. 
I mean, that that has to be a locker room issue. It has to be there's certain guys in the locker room that you have to get out. I mean, the only issue with with Antonio Brown is, you know, you get rid of him, you're going to have to fill in that cap space. I mean, there's just, there's not a, you know, a guy out there who's worth, you know, what worth his, you know, pay. And keep in mind, Antonio Brown is, pro- is probably one of the hardest workers in the exactly. NFL. So there's not someone that can match his work That can work just come ethic. in and... Yeah, you can't match his work ethic. You can't match his skill set, his talent level, and what he brings to the table. He's a marketing genius. You can get him, you can get him, you know, he can give you tickets, get you sales and whatnot, but he can also get, you know, produce on the field. That's the thing about it. So Antonio Brown is not someone you see every day. I don't, honestly, where do you think he's going to end up going? I could see a nice fit, uh, you know, in San Francisco. I could see him, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, possibly coming back early in the season. You know, phenomenal quarterback. I, I could see that happening, and I think he could really change that team around. And they have, you know, probably the second best tight end in the NFL, you know, behind Travis Kelsey. So I think, I think that'd be a nice fit for Antonio Brown. You know, he likes San Francisco. That's his personal interest. He's been to, talking to Jerry Rice as well mm-hmm, to go to San Francisco. But you know, it is a business. I don't think the Steelers are going to, you know, fulfill his wants and needs, and they're going to trade him to where they can get pieces that fit their team best. And I don't know if San Francisco has just enough to offer them besides draft picks, which they don't want at this point. You know, late in Ben's career, two-time Super Bowl champion. I mean, you know, one of the, one of the greatest quarterbacks you know to ever play this game. We look at this. We look at this Pittsburgh team, and I'm looking at just recently they haven't. They, they've been underachieving. Mm-hmm. You know, they they match up talent for talent with almost every team in the league. They probably have one of the best talented offensive units in the league. Big Ben, Davion, A.B., and Juju Smith. I mean, you just look at those four, those key four guys. That's that's four pro bowlers, four dudes that can that can flat out ball. I mean, they should they should have done way better. I mean, obviously you got you. I mean, excuse me, you got New England in that conference. But I mean, still, I I think I think in terms of talent and whatnot, they and you, and you got a head coach in Mike Tomlin. This team definitely underachieved. I think it's time for A.B. to get a new. Uh, an, you know, a new scenery in his in his career. I definitely agree with you on the 49ers. But other than that, I think I think it's time I think it's time for him to go. It's time for him to go, but it's just a matter of, you know, where. Like what what can they get back for A B? That's gonna be the tough part. You know, he has a he has a big contract There's which definitely is definitely worth but you're gonna have to fill in those spots with the with cap that's worth it. There's so. definitely gonna be teams, okay, so you know they're gonna they're gonna look at what the Cowboys did. Okay, well mm-hmm. you offered a first round for Amari Cooper and Amari Cooper, you know, to all respect to him, he's not as good as AB. So, I mean, they're going to look at that Amari Cooper trade. They they're going to look at and base that's how they're going to base his worth is more now. Yeah, that's that's how they're going to base his that's how that's how they're going to base Antonio Brown's value. Okay, well, you gave a first for Amari Cooper. Well, now I want, you know, a, a first, a second and whatnot. They're going to they're going to want a lot if, if we're talking about draft picks. Mm-hmm. I think San Francisco should make that make that trade simply because, you know, they really need a guy like Ant- Antonio Brown who, you know, no one's going to work harder than him in that locker room. It'll really pave a way for all the young guys to, you know, really learn from his work ethics. And I think that team can can be something special in the years to come. Yeah. I think it's time to wrap it up. Sports Decaf, it's your you co-host, Thought for Tool. Y'all don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts. You know, give us that five star because we're nothing less than five. So, anyways, it's the man of the hour. See you later.